Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. I almost forgot the video game catch-up show part of it, but welcome to the podcast. Uh, You know what we're talking about today. That's right. It's Bethesda's Starfield. Starfield. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we both decided to do the same bit because literally we can't stop thinking or talking about it. September 6th, baby. Mark it on your calendars. That's Labor Day weekend. It's so it's post Labor Day weekend. Post Labor Day. It is the Wednesday after Labor Day weekend. And the reason why they did that was so that absolute goofs like me would buy uh, pre-order the premium edition that gives you five days early access over Labor Day weekend. Um, You did it, Todd. You got my money. That's so funny. I didn't actually get a chance to watch the event. Um, I watched the very end of it because I was had some family in town. But um, it's it's genuinely worth watching all the way through just to like. Yeah, that's my plan. See all of the different systems that they have going on. I am so excited and also so worried about it just because Mm. it's so much stuff that like it could really there's a lot of potential stumbling blocks, but um, sure. I have been waiting for this game for years and I'm so fucking amped and yeah. they did it. They got me. I'm what can I say? <laughs> I'm not immune to Todd Howard. We're all, we're not immune to Todd Howard's nasally, nasally little voice saying, here's a video game I made for you. It's, it's music to my ears. It's, it really is. It really <laughs> is. I, I, I can't, I, I can't help Todd. it. Thank you, Todd. I love you, Todd. Um, no, we're here talking about mass effect three, not by mm-hmm. Todd Howard. The Leviathan DLC specifically today, yes. which I gotta tell you, gang. Wild. That's right? some fucking DLC. Uh, we'll get into it, but... Um, yeah, can you believe that that was DLC? That is my last <laughs> note, is I can't believe this is DLC, actually. So yeah. I'm excited to get into some discourse at yeah. the end of the episode. But yeah, uh, before we get into it, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. Kim. I almost called you Kimberly. Sorry. That's, um, that's okay. That is my name. <laughs> yeah, but that feels like weirdly scoldy. Um, what's, <laughs> what's the bullshit this week, Kimberly? I should be scolded for the bullshit. Um, oh, no. <laughs> no, not th- this week's is actually pretty tame. But um, obviously, you know, as we've been alluding to, we're in we're in summer game promotional yes. mode. And it's commercial um, season, baby. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Jeff Keighley's Carnival of Wonders was yes. earlier this week. Yes. And, um, you know, naturally, I was talking about the most important part of the showcase ad nauseum, which is, of course, the fashion. Jeff really let us down this year, I think. <sighs> yeah. He went, he went from a real high at at the game awards last year Mm. where I thought he looked really good and um, whatever energy he brought to that, he was like, I'm not going to do that this time and showed up (laughs) wearing, what was it? Like a velvet, a a brown with a pattern on it, velvet blazer over a Navy blue Mm t-shirt and black jeans or pants. Um, Mm -hmm. I will never sit here and say that every fashion rule, like every fashion rule is meant to be broken. Like that is true. Um, Mm -hmm. The idea that Navy can't go with black or that black can't go with Brown, not real. If you um, create an appropriate outfit, right. You know, you have to be deliberate in your choices. Um, Jeff didn't do that. Uh, And so he like everyone else 
not everyone, but most of the other people on stage really ran circles around him. Like Sam Lake looked. I was going to say, I think you're Sam Lake specifically. Yeah, Yeah. I thought I like Nick Cage's outfit, too. He's wearing this like shiny mint green suit. It was like, that's a Nick Cage outfit. That is perfect for you. Um, Anyway, all of this is an excuse for me to talk about fashion. Um, Hence why we're doing Mass Effect squad mates um, ranked in a tier list by how fashionable they are. Wow. Um, Yeah. And this is based not only on like the in-game outfits, but I'm like extrapolating outward from that to like what this tells me about what we're not seeing, what they're wearing on their off days, you know? Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, do, do, uh, do we have a visual for the tier list or is this just, we do. Um, I will share it with you. Do you want to see it now or do you want to, um, are there, are there like fun surprise categories? Yes. Okay, then no, don't share it with okay. me now. I'll, I'll I'll be surprised. Okay. Um so yeah, we're starting we're starting uh at the top um with a category called heretofore unknown levels of drip. Okay. And uh, the the king of this category is Thane Krios. Oh yeah. Yeah. I oh, we have some yeah. in-game evidence of this uh in Mass Effect 2 his alternative outfit has the like sunglasses? the little sunglasses and yeah, like the high baby. collar and oh, obviously yeah. even in his base outfit he has like the chest window with that we yes. all love and yeah serves a purpose yeah serves a, serves a purpose but also looks <laughs> extremely good looks really good um so yeah i think that i think he's probably the most fashionable of the squad mates yeah i yeah undisputed i think he is the champion of mm-hmm. of the outfits Mm-hmm. for sure i think too it's like he's not trying you know no that's the thing that makes got, it he's got the instinct you yeah, know exactly he knows what he likes to wear he knows what fits him well mm-hmm. and he will throw a pair of sunnies on mm-hmm. no matter what the weather is correct <laughs> similarly sort of mm-hmm. for for similar reasons jack is in this tier like sure say what you want about like the amount of skin showing if you care about that kind of thing but like Mm -hmm. she looks fucking good her alternative outfits are great i love Mm -hmm. the like ponytail she is rocking in mass effect 3 um like undercut like mohawk ponytail mm -hmm. thing very good yeah like you just know she's bringing it every time she's there and uh, again it's it is not she's not trying like this is just her style If yeah. you don't like it, fuck you. Definitely fuck you. Big fuck you energy. I'm wearing mm-hmm. whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next up in this category, Javik. Like Javik, I think, always looks like it's like when you see someone wearing like extremely high fashion yeah, from like it, that, but like really retro also. Right. Like mm. he's he's wearing the style of. A, a species that existed 50,000 years ago. So right. it's like, but it's like retro in like an extremely fresh way, you know, like yeah. nobody's ever even seen fits like this before. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even the stuff his armor is doing with like the, the weird kind of shoulder pads that mm-hmm. come up past like his ears for some reason. Um, the, the like little half skirt thing really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is a really interesting pull. I didn't even consider Javik close to this category if i'm being honest just because he's so much of a wet blanket of a person yeah um but definitely i think the protheans were were rocking some shit in their heyday mm-hmm. it, yeah i think it's it's kind of like when you have when you see like a very stylish older gentleman 
and you're mm. like, oh, fuck it up, grandpa. Like that, <laughs> that I think is the yeah. energy yeah. Um, that Javik is bringing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, last one in this category is Kasumi. Um, mm-hmm. Kasumi's fit in the uh, in the game is incredible. I love the makeup she has going on with that like little like strip of, of yes. lipstick. Um, and I just feel like in any other context, even when she's not in her like sneak around clothes, she's she's looking good. Yeah, uh, Kasumi's definitely got it. I don't know if Kasumi. Do you think Kasumi cares enough to like want to dress cool? No, but that's why it ends up looking sick. Like that, I I could mm. see her wearing like just like a very cool like streetwear look. Sure. That's just she just. It's literally just what's in her closet. Like yeah, yeah, sure. She's not trying. Yeah, definitely not trying. Yeah, uh, but looks great. Mm-hmm. God, I love Kasumi. I love her so much. Um, more Kasumi, please. More Kasumi. Uh, next category down, we have fashion forward. This is okay. you're bringing something to like more to the table, I think. Um, but like, it's not like, oh, holy shit, this is something we've never seen before. Cutting edge of fashion. Sure. Perhaps the most um, controversial person I put here is Garrus. Um, we only ever see him in armor. <laughs> And in terms of Turians, we only ever see them like if they're not in armor, they're in that like sort of like basic outfit. Yeah. I guess we see we see um, Garrus once in the suit, too, if you um, romance him in Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Um, he shows but up we wearing see, like, that. The, yeah, we see like the Primarch and we see like a couple people around the Citadel in like mm-hmm. that, like just kind of standard issue. Yeah. Outfit, and but. some of them have those little hats. I don't know if you noticed the little Turian caps. No, I don't think I have clocked that. You should look those at Turian cap. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. I do yeah. I, I do know what you're talking about. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Okay. Um so the reason why I put Garrus in here is because in Mass Effect 2, he um gets shot in the face uh and yes. the the blast also does some damage to his armor. Mm. Um and that armor remains an option for him to wear throughout the rest yeah. of the game. Yeah. Notwithstanding that its integrity has been <laughs> compromised. Right. And I think we can all agree that that is clearly not a practical decision. Yeah. That's a that's, fashion choice. Yeah. That's a fashion choice. He likes the aesthetics of it. And so that's, that's what makes me think like, I don't think Garrus is like doing anything revolutionary when he's getting dressed in the morning, but mm. I do think he's, He's putting a little bit of effort in. He's he's, you know, making some choices, uh, maybe in in terms of accessorizing or whatever, where he's like he's bringing a little something to the table. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also on here is Liara. Liara has a lot of really great fashion options in these games. Um, Her Mass Effect three outfits. She has like a bunch of them and they're all Mm -hmm. like super cool looking. Yeah. I am also putting Miranda here because obviously, you know, she has like the finest designer fashions mm-hmm. um, in her closet. Definitely. The- I don't know if I would describe that as fashion forward, though, if I'm being honest. I don't think Miranda's trying anything like new. You know, I think she is like. No, maybe the the label fashion forward is um inaccurate. But yeah, but the idea is like they're 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 putting together fits that are sort of deliberate and um mm. yeah like, I, th- I think like she looks good she looks expensive yeah. you know <laughs> yes yes yeah 100 100 
for similar reasons, um, Samara. I love Samara's little oh, yeah. little crown thing on her yeah. head. I like. I think that probably there's probably like some dress code. Oh yeah, like things built into the code. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's it does produce a very refined look. That sort of like like Miranda is like okay, it looks mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, Samara showing up to the Met Gala, absolutely jaws dropping, I think. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have a category called working with what they've got, um, which is possibly there are some constraints on this person and their ability to like put together an outfit um, mm-hmm. or they're just not they're not basic, which is the next level down. But but like they're they're not quite like, okay, this is fashionable. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So in this category, we have Edie. Edie has a lot of like different like versions of her body that could be described as outfits, but like, she's obviously not wearing clothing. So I'm like, yeah. okay, you, you've made the body customizable. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call that fashion necessarily. And it's all just like, some variety of like hot fuckable robot um <laughs> right yes yeah but you know but it's cool i like the designs i hate to do this to her but i had to put tolly here because mm. the suit only allows for so much customization right like sure, sure, the, she's sure. working with what she's got like she's she's never going to be able to as long as she's wearing the suit like distinguish herself that much from other quarians but she does she has like her distinctive color palette she has her like hood thing that we don't see um a lot of other quarians wear um so i love her but just not the most fashionable of the crew um also here uh for sort of similar reasons is grunt all of the krogan's have kind of the same like design and outfits except for some reason grunt looks like we've discussed before kind of like an american football linebacker yes yes and it's a good look for him Mm -hmm. uh so again it's like he's he's working with what he's got um yeah yeah i was wondering where grunt was going to end up here and i i think Mm -hmm. this is a perfect spot for him because Mm -hmm. he does have like runway model energy you know I'm going to need you to explain that. A little bit more. <laughs> I think when, when Grunt walks into a room, you know, he's, he's like a presence, you know, you, you notice him and you're like, wow, look at this guy. Okay. You know? I'll give you, you know? that. In a different way than most Krogan, when they walk into a room, it's like, whoa, like Rex is here. Whoa. I think when Grunt walks into the room, it's like, that's a, that's a slick looking fella. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i think it's kind of getting away from me but i i uh i, I agree with his placement yeah no i i get i get what you're saying um and the last one here is zaid um because oh. i have to say i think that zaid looks pretty good like i like mm. his design he's got like you know the one arm where you can see his sleeve tattoo like mm. it, it is a good look i don't think that he's like He's not trying enough to end up in fast fashion forward and his lack of trying isn't successful enough for him to end up in, you know, maximum drip category. Yeah. But he looks good and he looks better than basic. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely trying something with his like, I think it's a lack of care for like 
proper like armor decorum or whatever you know mm-hmm. he's like i want to show off my fucking sleeve tattoo yeah i'm i'm taking this arm off the armor like eat my butt you know mm-hmm. um I yeah think it's that if, my, if my shields go out and i get hit in that arm i get hit in that arm and yeah um, i got a cool scar on that arm now what exactly what the fuck? yeah next category as i alluded to is basic mm-hmm. it's caden ashley and jacob yeah just a really really bland group of people. yeah yeah Sorry, like, everybody. You know that, like, on his off time, Caden is just rocking like a button down in jeans, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you look good. You're like a hot guy, so like, mm-hmm. you look good, but like, you could bring a little more energy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ashley, I just know. Come fall, yeah, you know exactly yep. what outfit oh, yep. Ashley's wearing, right? Yep. Like, yep. she's all a pumpkin. Her and all spice her sisters girl. look the exact same, mm-hmm. in the same outfits. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Jacob, like, I'm sure he looks good, but it's like, uh, you know, jeans and a T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Jeans and T-shirt for sure. Under this, we have a category for one person called Ed Hardy model. <laughs> there it is. You know, who it is. Yeah. It's James. <laughs> yeah. I was really I was really curious what James wasn't mm-hmm. doing under basic. Um, because James, I mean, we see him in his everyday outfit in yeah. the shuttle bay of just pants and a tight white t-shirt. Yeah, it's and a hundred percent that's what he wears every day. But mm-hmm. man, Ed Hardy model is I think that when he gets dressed up, like to go to the club, I mean we've seen him at the club, but like you know what I mean? Like He's got club clothes. There's yeah, and there, I think there's Ed Hardy in there. They're there's they're like, a bit loud. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of chest. He yeah. is stinky. <laughs> like he's got so much cologne, <laughs> cologne on, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And his 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 hair alone could like smash a rock. Mm-hmm. I think is the vibe. Yes. Um, yeah. That's James. Yeah. Um, and finally Damn. the the bottom category we have here. No disrespect, because these are some of my favorite characters. Yeah. But this category is called dumpster diving behind an old Navy. Ah. Um, <laughs> and here we have Legion, Morden and Rex. Yeah. Legion and Morden. I mean, Legion doesn't wear clothing. Right. So this is sort of <laughs> yeah. similar to Edie. But like, I mean, they did put the N7 armor on, but that was not like a fashion choice. That was like, yeah you know, a practicality and also like kind of having Symbolism. a, yeah, you know, an unexplainable draw to Shepard. Mm-hmm. Morton has never thought about fashion a day in his life and is not about to start. Um, and Rex too, I think he's like, I don't care. Like, I don't, you yeah. know, this is, it's a purely utilitarian choice. Um, yeah. you I, know, armor. Yeah. I think for me, if I were to amend this cat, what's the title of this category? Dumpster, Dumpster diving behind diving an old Navy. Behind an old Navy. <laughs> Um, I think I, I, I would amend this category. I don't know what I would put Legion in, but I would put Legion in something just like complete, like, like a category that's just like, uh, doesn't need to worry about wearing clothes or something. Mm-hmm. But I think Garrus kind of gives me like old Navy dad energy. Like he's got the like 4th of July shirt that old Navy makes every year no! and the like cargo shorts that go below his knees. Don't do this to my boy. I'm just, and then like, like high white socks with new balances on. I think. No! I think that's I think that's the vibe I get from Rex. I'm sorry to oh, say. Oh, Rex. Yeah. Oh, you said Garrus. Oh, did I say Garrus? I'm you so said sorry. Garris. I meant Rex. I was oh like, my god. <gasps> not oh my god. Garrus. 
I meant Rex. I'm so sorry, everybody. Who? Yes. I just okay. That makes so much more sense. But yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I I knew you were going to put more than low. And I think I am a more than apologist for sure. Granted that I bought his uh, <laughs> I bought his model uh, two days before we started recording. Uh-huh. Mass Effect 2. I mean, I'm not saying that his fit is bad. I think he looks good. Like it is yeah. very much like this is a medic's outfit. Like it fits yes. perfectly. Yeah. Um, but that's not an aesthetic at? choice. I'm looking at my my Morton. Uh, oh, because okay. <laughs> I, I have it like, too. Yeah. Is Morton there with us? He's is looking Morton at in me. the room with us. He's um, like, you said I have bad clothing. He, his <laughs> finger is pointing. That's why it's. Oh my god. Um, but um, yeah, I I just don't think like it's not an aesthetic choice, and it's not if you took him out of those clothes and were like Morton put together a fashionable outfit, you would get something so awful. I don't know. I I feel like it could go either way. I feel like so. So here's my here's here's the basis Mm -hmm. for for my my dissension. I think I think Morden has been involved in enough community theater programs (laughs) that he's seen. He has seen some characters and outfits that he's like, I like that. And I think if you asked him to put together an outfit, he would do something adjacent to that. And that could be a bad thing, to be clear. Yeah. What you're saying is this man has worn costumes yes in musicals some... <laughs> and therefore he knows fashion i'm not saying he knows fashion i'm just saying he knows what he likes if you if you were to ask him to put together an outfit for a club i think he would put together something pirates of penzance adjacent he would look like he stepped out of a gilbert and sullivan uh, uh opera or whatever and um, that's it could a good be a good thing. thing yes because i think i think it could be so wild and so like normal a normal person would not wear this to the club that it would kind of be like a oh wow (laughs) like i think i think there could be a wow element to it that we're not considering here i think (laughs) it's more like a wow Wow. (laughs) sure All right, that's it. I'll I'll get off my my defending Morden pedestal now. I just I felt like I had to say something. All right. <laughs> if, uh, listen, you can go to the club with Morden if you want. I'm not going with him. I'm not. I'm not rolling up with him. Um. But damn. yeah, that's those are that's what I did. That's good. Uh, it's very good. Uh. Yeah. Here, I'm just gonna now be show. thinking about Thane's drip the whole show. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that's um, yep. Thane's Drip and um, Starfield. (laughs) Thane's Drip and Starfield. Exactly. Can I make a Thane in Starfield? Anyway, they didn't show anything off about character customization stuff, did they? Oh, yeah, they did. Oh, did they? Yes. Can you make it Highly customizable. No, they're not. No, it's not aliens. The idea is, so it's full. It's very much. (laughs) You got to watch the thing because they invented a name for their aesthetic and called it nasa punk come on <laughs> i almost hung up the discord call for something you didn't even it's do it's so bad and what's so funny is that the literally it's just retrofuturism right which, obviously that's why i like it so much you know i love retrofuturism it's literally the Look aesthetic our, that we chose for yeah. this podcast um yeah. but yeah they they called it nasa punk come on <laughs> just so Todd. funny 
Um, they were so they were so excited to debut the word NASA punk too. They Todd were like core. really yeah, it is Todd Core. <laughs> um, let's talk about gaming. Yeah, let's talk about gaming. Uh, not Starfield. We are back on the Normandy post Thessia, post the Asari counselor being like, "Well, I got to clean this stuff up," and post us making the plans to follow Kai Lang to Sanctuary. We're not doing that this week. We're doing Leviathan this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we're going to start on the Normandy uh, post post Thessia, getting everybody's thoughts here. A lot of cutscenes, a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of camera angle changes <laughs> in this in this trip. Uh, starting off with, of course, uh, Joker, who immediately is like, "Oh, bet the Asari are b- wishing they had more dancer or less dancers and more commandos." Uh, to which the two dialogue options for Shepard are both like, "Hey, a million people just got fucking murdered." Yeah, maybe too um, soon, my guy. Maybe too soon. Uh, and then he like brings up uh, this colony called Tip Tree, uh, where his dad and sister lived, and uh, it got destroyed. The reap he says the reapers rolled in two weeks ago, um, and like he like hasn't heard from his family since. Yeah, um, and there's like he makes like an angry face here. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really really rough. But that's yeah, that's game engine facial stuff expressions. Aside. Yeah, in Mass Effect are not generally not good. It's better if They're everyone really just great. has a blank blank expression on their face. Yeah, um, but Joker says that Edie had pointed out that uh, according to Shep's like suit metrics, uh, they're more stressed than they were at the Skillian Blitz. Uh, and <laughs> Joker says that he had a conversation with Anderson where Anderson asked Joker to watch out for Shep. Yeah. Uh, and Joker says the guy leading the resistance on Earth is worried about you and I'm supposed to help. Uh, mm-hmm. and he's like clearly very distraught about that, which and it's like I think that's like a really cool moment. I've I, yeah. on record saying I love the moments throughout this game where we like see Shepard being, you know, affected by this like war on the galaxy that they're involved mm-hmm. with and find themselves at the center of. I think that's a really compelling angle. Yeah. Um, but then this conversation kind of ends with Shepard being Shepard being like, I'm OK, uh, but thanks. And then joker's like okay <laughs> that's it well there's um, um there's a joke but well there's a little bit more did you get the mm. um for for me i was like oh i'm fine um and uh joker's like the hell you are you're like half robot at this point which is my fault when mm. because when the first normandy was destroyed you died coming back from me mm-hmm. which is like i feel like it's it's character um like characterization that we haven't gotten from joker like in a long time is like how he feels about the the events of what happened and like the role that he played in in shepherd's death right Um, but then shepherd just retorts with like yeah well i couldn't leave the alliance without their best pilot and they're like mm -hmm. all right see ya and i'm like that's how it ends like hey we were having a serious (laughs) conversation man what are you doing yeah um but, yeah it could have gone a little bit deeper but i i really like this moment um i think it's really good yeah yeah it's nice to get something with joker yeah then i went to go check my emails um, <laughs> yeah and you get one from asari military command but then you open it and it might as well just be like one of those uh images that people make using like uh written out characters 
uh, <laughs> and just like yeah. a big middle finger uh, yeah. from love Kylang. Yeah. Um, that's basically just like, hey, fuck you. You suck. Uh, you were too weak to defeat me on Thessia. Your best wasn't good enough. Uh, and now everybody's dead. And I hope I get to see you die. KL signed KL. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, cool message, dude. Like, you're very scary and strong. Like, yeah. Also, again, definitely. doesn't hit very hard when I literally <laughs> had him ragdolling all over the temple. Like, yeah. he was a fucking raggedy and doll. But, um, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm curious how, now that we've seen more of him, is the Kai Lang stuff um, as goofy for you as it, was for uh gamers across time and memorial what do you mean like just kai lang is a universally sort of hated character because it's uh, it's feels and i this is a take that i kind of agree with it feels very much like someone had a cool oc that they wanted to put into the game and make you care about them and you really don't (laughs) like yeah i think i think we talked about that um last episode of like it mm -hmm. it felt like somebody was like yeah and and andy's got andy's got a sword yeah it's like (laughs) okay okay um it's definitely the vibes are definitely very like you know middle school oc uh Mm -hmm. uh, original original content original character for those of you who do do not know the abbreviation it's definitely getting giving that vibe of just like someone showed up with like all right, Jared. So what character did you bring up that you've been working on all weekend? And then Jared's like, oh, fuck. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> takes out a drawing from middle school that he's been carrying on him forever. It's like, this is Kai Lang. He's got a sword. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's yeah, the, the vibes are so goofy in like a bad way. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like the game is like telling you to think that he is cool and scary yeah. and a formidable opponent. Right. They want you to be intimidated you. by him. Yeah. 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 Again, like there's just nothing. It is not that compelling that the reason why I can't beat this guy is that he has a literal airship, like gunship <laughs> firing at me while he recharges his shields. Like, yeah. It's come on. It's my not, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like if we brought the Normandy with us everywhere we went, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like he's I'm, literally he's before my eyes cheesing this fight. And I'm supposed to be like, oh, fuck, I can't beat him. Like, oh, my God, on, this guy's so scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody, somebody shows up with their with their rich dad and you're supposed to be like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you hold so much power. And it's like, no, your dad's just a fucking rich asshole. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> down in the shuttle bay, we talk to James and they get this really good scene of him saying that he knows how it feels to lose like we did on Thessia. Um, and he's like, you know, I know that doesn't actually like make it any better, but I know that you did the best that you could. Uh, and, and no matter what, the whole crew is going to is behind you, um, which mm-hmm. I just think is really sweet. And yeah. I love James. Um, I don't know if you got the same dialogue here, but when I walked in, uh, James and Cortez were talking about how they stayed up late last night drinking mezcal together. Oh, yeah. It was a cute little moment. <laughs> cute. I might have gotten that before and just didn't take note of it. But I Yeah. I, they're it's great. just like one of those things where you walk in and they're like already in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. Um, it's very good. Uh, and then I checked my map here because I just wanted to see where everybody was. And I saw Javik and Liara were in the same room. I was like, oh, this is interesting. So then I went to go see uh, what Javik and Liara <laughs> were up to. And boom, bam, another cutscene. Uh, they are fighting about a theme um, because it seems that Javik is just like, well, you should have fucking known that she was a Prothean and you're and he's just like being really uh, a big shithead about it. 
mm-hmm. um, and uh, they they it, it begins to like heighten as you walk in, and I you get the option to interrupt uh, mm-hmm. interrupt Liara as she kind of starts bringing it to like another level, and I was like, hey, I and which I did, and it's just like, hey, yeah, like calm down, what's what's going on. Uh, and Liara says that, you know, I just she's like, I just lost my planet and he's sitting there gloating uh, that that, you know, he was right. And uh, I make Javik apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get to like the root of it, really. And Liara is like, the Protheans were supposed to be all knowing, like you should know how to save the galaxy. Why didn't you? Uh, and then Javik just comes back with like, we thought you would um, mm-hmm. talking about the Asari. And goes on to say that they showed promise from a very early time, which is why, when necessary, uh, the Protheans, quote, guided them, um, mm-hmm. which means genetically engineered them um, when necessary. And then, you know, uh, Liar is still upset. And Javik says the despair is the enemy's greatest weapon. Do not let them wield it. And then uh, earlier she was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and he had called her uh, just a sorry earlier. And Liar is like, he can't even be bothered to like learn my name. Uh, and then at the end of this conversation, he says, do not let them wield it. Liara to Sony, um, which is like mm-hmm. a cool moment. And then yeah. she kind of like huffs and, you know, cools down a little bit and leaves. Um, and then you get an option here to say one of two things. Uh, and Gortney was like, did you believe any of that? And Javik yeah. says she believes it, which means she will keep fighting. Isn't that what matters, Commander? Um, which is like fucking brutal. <laughs> like, goddamn, that's really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but I think really good. Yeah. Um, it's he he is what he is. You know this character. He is what he I, is. I appreciate like their commitment to not a, not all these guys have to be likable all the time. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. it's fun that it brings into question like that moment you had on the Citadel with the Hanar and all those other people where he's like, you must mm-hmm. stick together and do the thing. It's like, oh, yeah. he was just kind of saying that like, mm-hmm. which I mean, is true if you don't, you know, if you don't make him say something else he does, it's just like, hey, you're fucking doomed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's just it's just good. He is what he is. Um, yeah. Thanks, granddad. But it suggests that he is at least beginning to internalize the idea that like, hey, you got to. You got to have some bedside manner because <laughs> mm. like otherwise you are just going to lose this war. Right. Um, yeah. You have to respect people on a personal level mm-hmm. and you can't just be like, well, there's bigger problems all the time because like sometimes the problem is just like you don't call a person by their name. Yeah, um, it's good. Really good. Up in engineering or no, sorry, not in engineering uh, up in the crew deck. Mm-hmm. Tally is there talking to Garrus over the comms about how Liara has just come back and is like really looked really upset going to her office. Um, and she's like, I want to say something, but like I just regained my home world mm-hmm. and she just lost hers. So I feel like that would feel kind of hollow. Like I thought Garrus, maybe you could talk to her because of Palavin. And he's like, I think she probably just needs some time alone to like process what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then Shepard is like, I'll go, I'll go talk to her. Don't worry about it. Um, and Tally's like, okay, thank you. Um, but first I like, you know, ran around to everybody else, but I think like this moment and then, you know, I, I just, j- just this, this Normandy trip in general feel makes the crew and makes the, the ship and the relationships between these characters feel so like alive and dynamic mm-hmm. and like everybody is affected by what just happened and they make it really apparent by even having them be in different spots on the ship mm-hmm. and like we get cutscenes where we normally wouldn't get a cutscene. Like, I think it's just, this is a really well 
crafted moment this whole normandy thing um and, yeah. and i just wanted to point that out i just really i think it's really really great i agree and i kind of wish that they took this amount of care after yes. every major story mission um because you know most of the time it's like you go and talk to everybody and everyone kind of has a line that's usually kind right. of anodyne that's just like oh <laughs> like wow it really is, sucks what happened back <laughs> there but like this is you know we really see it the impact that it has on everybody. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's very powerful. I did want to add, if you have Ashley on the ship, <laughs> Ashley, when I speak to her, says she sort of offers to go talk to Liara and see how she's doing, which feels mm -hmm. like kind of a nice full circle after how much they did not get along <laughs> in mass effect one. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, okay, maybe like, that is a I'm glad that that's in there because we've seen so little of like Ashley's growth from from three or from one to three. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was that is kind of nice. Um, mm. Yeah, that's all I had there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think any any small growth moment we can see from mm -hmm. Ashley is uh, is is good. So before I went to go to talk to Liara, I went to go talk to Garrus Um and he is, oh no, sorry, before that, I actually went to Starboard Observation and just like, which is the oh. room where Samara was set up uh, mm -hmm. in, in the that's last where, game. That's where Ashley is. Oh, okay, okay. So I went in there and I was like, okay, nobody's in here. And then I went to go walk out and I was like, you know what? And I turned around and I like went to the window and I just stood there for a second and just like had this kind of really zen moment, just like looking out onto the stars, mm -hmm. uh, uh, how, how Samara would always do. And I don't know, it was just like a really nice kind of uh, unauthored moment that I yeah. had, uh, that I wanted to point out. Um, because I was really, I was really trying hard to like role play as a devastated <laughs> Courtney Shepard in yeah. this moment of like, fuck, everything sucks, and I'm mm -hmm. about to have to talk to my girlfriend about how her whole planet is dead. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, which I gotta say, the girlfriend part did not come up at all. There was really? no, yeah, there was no like, let me comfort the 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 woman I'm in love with or anything. Mm -hmm. There was just like a this stinks, but we'll get there. Um, so I have to go talk to Garris. Uh, we ask about his uh, dad and sister, I believe, were the family members. Uh, we ask about his family making it off Pal Palavin. He says uh, that they did, as a matter of fact, but he just got off a call with the Primarch um, making the uh, military call to call off the Turian offensive in order to, like, save lives of people uh, for when the Crucible is finished mm -hmm. uh, because they are, like, you know, hemorrhaging people uh hemorrhaging military units whatever you want to put it um and so this is like while they're gonna have to basically just leave palavin undefended mm -hmm. this is the best military strategy move which he he brings up uh saying um it's it's that what is it that brutal calculation again or something yeah um yeah which, it's like that they've been talking about it in the abstract mm -hmm. uh garris and and shep from the beginning of the game and now it's like he's finally really been put in the position of making like the biggest toughest call of his career yeah, yeah. um um and then and then he's got me crying in the club once mm -hmm. again um when he asks how we're doing uh and uh shepherd's like you know there's only <laughs> i love this relationship so, so much, much yeah because like we Oh my God. It's just like, we've been going around the ship, seeing how everybody else is doing. And everyone's mm -hmm. like, Oh, how are you doing? Like, even with Joker, they were like, Oh, how, like, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, I'm fine. But then when Garrus asks, it's like the, 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 you know, uh, 
artifice drops. Yeah. Yeah. And the walls come down. It's just like, I'm so fucking exhausted, dude. Like I can only watch so many people die Mm -hmm. or you can only watch so many people die before you like fall down or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Garrus is like, uh, until your friend comes and picks you up and dusts you off and tells you to get back out there. Um, And uh, man, Mm -hmm. man, is that a beautiful little moment? Yeah. Um, I, I love being friends with the crab man. Oh, this is part of why the romance hits so hard mm. is that like it's it brings that same energy of like having a partner who is like so supportive of you during this time when like mm-hmm. you're, you know, like head bitch in charge. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it it's a really great romance. Um and I know I've said it a million times, but like that progression from like friends and colleagues in Mass Effect one to like, you know, uh, dabbling in like a friends with benefits, like maybe something more relationship into mm-hmm. to like this incredibly supportive and loving um, relationship between two people who love and respect and admire each other so much. Mm-hmm. Just so good. So yeah. fucking good. It's really, really good. And I think even outside of the the relationship, uh, the the romantic relationship of it, it's it's just written really, really well mm-hmm. uh, throughout all three games. Uh, so yeah, man, great, an incredible moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we go to check in on Liara, uh, and she is talking to Edie about the beacon, um, and she, you know, brings up that. Uh, matriarch benezia who is liara's mother could have showed her the beacon when she was younger um and like maybe that would have helped you know with with them finding it sooner before the reapers did um and then Edie's like well you know you wouldn't have had the the cipher from from shepherd so it would have just been like you wouldn't have been able to understand any of it and she's like yeah but still whatever and uh Edie brings up the fact that uh, the the penalty for holding Prothean information were like among the highest in the Citadel. And so maybe uh, Benezia was just trying to like protect Liara mm-hmm. from having to have that information. Um, and like as brutal as that is, Liara is like, you know, I hadn't actually considered that. So so thank you. Um, and then she's, she's just like laying down on her bed, um, which is like so fucking heartbreaking. So sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you you go up to her and you know you're like hey how are you doing and she's like I'm I'm not good. How did this happen, Shepard? My entire civilization, the Asari's history, the Protheans made it a lie all along, and I abandoned my people to hunt for the catalyst. Liara, you had nothing to do with the attack on Thessia. Nothing to do with it. I told those people on Thessia we'd save them. How many Asari died because I demanded their help. And there's a Paragon interrupt here that I missed. And I was kicking myself, which I assume is to like, I don't know, offer some more support, like hugging her or something. I don't I don't remember. I I, I actually went I went on YouTube and I looked it up. Uh, If if you if you do the Paragon interrupt, she asks how many Asari died because I demanded their help. No. Shepard, that isn't true. You've been warning your people for four years, Liara. There's not a damn thing you should feel guilty about. If we move fast enough, they'll have a chance to survive this. 
To start again, we lost Thessia, but we haven't lost the Asari yet. Helping the refugees. That's something I can do. It's something I owe them. I knew you'd think of something. I still need some time, Shepard. But thank you. Um, and then she like begins using Shadow Broker resources to like assist the Asari refugees uh, in in the interim. But we both missed that that mm. interrupt. So um, she, so just she just ends up really sad, and she lays yeah. down on your bed on her bed, and then you're just like, she's like, "This is, really sucks." And then you're like, "I know." And then you get up and walk away. Yeah. Um, and I was like really waiting for like a maybe like lay down in bed and like hold her for yeah. a moment, and they're I'm just like isn't an I'm option. shocked i'm shocked that there isn't more there i, I maybe I felt robbed, maybe honestly. you have to get that paragon interrupt to get that i don't know but that's May, maybe that's bizarre uh, yeah. um that know. there isn't I, uh... more more dialogue there because like everything else like all of these like garris interactions we've been talking about there's always more dialogue where yeah. he like you know, because you are in a relationship with him with Tali, obviously I've had tons of like extra dialogue. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I want to support very, my girlfriend. Why don't yeah, you let me? Yeah, it's very strange considering Liara's sort of like, in some ways feels like the default romance. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it's, if there were like maybe ish, internal issues with like the, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, speculate obviously, but I, I feel like there was like, uh, uh, Liara storyline stuff that was like cut for time or something like because mm. because at certain points her her interactions on the Normandy feel really hollow and then you just like yeah. walk up and she's like hey and like that's it and it's like well I've invested everything in this so what can I have I can't have a little snack please. yeah like I don't know I will you know? say just... it is there will be a very lovely moment at some point that I am <laughs> aware of um that's nice in the Liara story, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it is disappointing that it seems like she didn't get a lot of like in between extra like writing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And for all, I mean, I think this scene is really, really good. Like, I think this scene of her, you know, being like absolutely destroyed mm -hmm. and distraught, I think is like really great. I think, like I said, I think this whole Normandy scene being in service of, of that, I think is really, really good. I, I think this is a really great moment all, all together. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I wish I got a little more, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway. Uh, yeah. Did you, um, if you look at her private terminal, uh, there's a journal yeah. entry uh, that talks about how she and Javik might write a book together. Yeah. Um, about like the Protheans. Um, so it seems like they've made up, which is nice. Yeah, that's uh, it's very good. I like that a lot. And that's all I got in the Normandy this time. Um, did you, so I did a few, I think I did some of the like N7 quests after this. Oh, so sure. at some point in between there, um, they were like, Hey, Anderson's on VidCom. Did you happen oh, to have I that did conversation? Get that. I did. Okay. And I did not write anything down about it. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll walk us through it. Um, it's sad. I remember it that. is sad. He, you know, he's, he heard about Thessia. So he's like phoning in about that. He's like, listen, don't, you know how many times I got my ass handed to me? Like, it is a fucking miracle that I survived the first contact mm -hmm. war and, mm -hmm. you know, they called me a hero and I thought I was just lucky 
yeah. to survive. That's a great um, line. Yeah, really good. Uh, he talks a bit about the resistance, says like they know that their odds are really bad, but they're still fighting. Um, he says, point us at the Reapers and we'll take our chances. Um, and he mentions, I guess he was born in London. And uh, that's sort of like where where all the shit is going down um, on Earth, because Reapers have started like forming there in um, in larger numbers. Um, so Shep is like, well, you know, after this, like, because you're you're going to make it. And after this, you can show me London. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, all right, I might need a new coat of paint first. Yeah. Yeah. Really good conversation. I, I love talking to my dad. I love my uh, dad. <laughs> I love my dad. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's all for the Normandy. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's head to the meat of the episode. Leviathan, the yes. DLC for the video game Mass Effect 3. <laughs> nice thank you uh so i don't remember exactly the like catalyst for getting this mission i imagine it's something with trainer being like hey there's a dr bryson who wants to talk to you about some stuff i think it was a Hackett thing ah. um because oh, yes i remember getting it actually. yeah because we we find out too in this um it's like he, at some point bryson had reached out to hack yeah. it for help and that that help was supposed to be us yeah um yeah. So we uh, we arrive at Dr. Bryson's lab on the Citadel uh, and he and his assistant, Derek Hadley, uh, welcome us to Project Aurora. Uh, and we're like, hey, what's this about? And he says, our whole thing is to investigate rumors and legends, uh, stories about or stories about the Reapers before anybody knew they existed, uh, which I think is so fucking cool. Like such a cool thing. Really awesome. Yeah. Um, it, an incredibly sick premise for this because yeah. like it's, of course it makes sense that like these kinds of stories and legends would exist and you know now that it's like oh holy shit the reapers are real mm-hmm. like the idea that someone is investigating that it's just a very neat concept yeah and i think it's also cool to just like as a as a reminder be like the reapers don't wipe everybody out mm-hmm. only the the technologically advanced ones and so i'm sure there have been times where like less advanced races have like glimpsed evidence of reapers and stuff mm-hmm. and like for that to to turn into to folklore and mythology it's just so fucking cool. really cool it's so so cool uh so his full name is dr garrett bryson that doesn't super matter um but that's fine i said i love this guy's twerpy little model like the way his body is, he like looks like a, a stick man um <laughs> which i think it's just really really good uh if you watch succession i think he looks like the actor who plays hugo um, who's got like such a you can hear Tara laughing in the background, maybe he's got such a skinny little body with like just like a, a perfectly round little head. Um, up this, but oh wow, oh my goodness, <laughs> that is a bobblehead of a man if I've ever seen. Yep, that yeah. makes sense. And I think that like that's kind of the the vibe that Bryson's giving, it's, which I, I think it's I almost love. like his body looks normal. He just has a very skinny neck. He's got a really skinny neck. Yeah, I think that's really what What's, it is. What is holding that man up? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry to the actor who plays Hugo on yeah, Succession. Yeah, I don't. I feel um, bad. You've done. You did great work on Succession, <laughs> sir. Um. So, uh, you know, we're like, okay, well, how did you like get into this line of business? Like, is this there? There is an option to be like, is this worth like our time and resources? Which mm-hmm. I did not choose because, like, 
that's rude um yeah like it of course it's worth like it makes perfect <laughs> sense that yeah. it is yeah um but he he brings up um that like you know this is important work because humans didn't believe in aliens uh in until 2148 mm-hmm. which is within my lifetime which i think was like just like a really good i mean we we wow that's fucked up yeah you know we know that you know 30 something years ago or whatever it was 40 mm-hmm. something years ago with were the first contact wars and like just you know i don't know it's cool like we know that and yeah. you know that, this was anderson also uh was the person who who grew up probably pre-alien um a little bit mm-hmm. at least um and just the fact that these people still exist like we're not even one generation out of this mm-hmm. um is, is just i think a really another a cool reminder of like how fresh humans are in the galaxy mm-hmm. uh it's just really really good um, and so he's telling us that and then he gets shot <laughs> because <laughs> Derek Hadley shows up and shoots him dead. Um, mm-hmm. And and he says, uh, Derek Hadley says, you shouldn't be here. The darkness cannot be breached. He says some other stuff, but I think that's that's like, yeah, the, that's the, main. the, that's the sure. thing you take away from it. Uh, the darkness cannot be breached is a, a recurring theme. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and so we came here with with Edie. I think it's worth noting. And and so after Derek uh, shoots Bryson, he uh, passes out. And then we are like, um, OK, get C-Sec down here. Like, obviously, this is fucked up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then while we're waiting for C-Sec to show up, we ask Edie to, like, look through the files and figure out, like, what the task force was actually up to, because Bryson had just showed us this big, scary orb and was mm-hmm. like, this is the artifact we found. Isn't it neat? And then he gets shot. Um, so we're like, OK. Uh, and so as we are poking around the files, uh, Hadley comes to and we're like, hey, why'd you do that? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly there's some like indoctrination adjacent stuff going on, which is fun and exciting, thrilling. And he says, all I remember is feeling dark and cold. Uh, and he doesn't really remember what happened, what happened. And then he, he points out the orb and says, you know, this is related to uh, the creature Leviathan that we've been, we've been looking up. And then as he goes to tell us more, he gets uh i don't know like mind wiped or whatever he yeah. like screams and passes out um we later come to find out that he's in a, a vegetative state so uh dude is uh over and done with apologies mm-hmm. uh, or, or sorry derek hadley uh we hardly knew you <laughs> and so then we're just poking around the lab and Edie shows us a message from bryson to hackett um, where they're talking about the Leviathan of Dis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a result. This is a discovery as a result of the Batarians finding that dead Reaper, which we had talked about a bit ago. But like they found a dead Reaper, which means something killed it. And so mm-hmm. their whole thing was to try and find what killed the Reaper. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty fucked up. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, so then we're just like poking around the lab looking for evidence. Um, we find evidence that the Reapers were shadowing Bryson's field teams, uh, who were looking for, uh, more of these orbs or just to see like if the orbs can lead them back to Leviathan somehow. And they bring up the fact, oh, sorry, this is still the conversation with, with Hackett and, and Bryson, but, um, they bring up the fact that like, well, if we can find the thing that killed 
the reaper like if we can find mm-hmm. leviathan then like maybe this will help us in the war and you know that's the end of the message and shepherd's like there's some pretty wiggy stuff there about uh, collateral <laughs> damage and Edie's like yeah but like everything's got collateral damage so like it's worth a shot and like yeah. she's right um, she literally is like uh, you know the enemy of my enemy is my right. friend so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like, okay, well, cool. Um, I guess that's what we're doing, which, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, we learned that Garneau, uh, was a, a guy from Bryson's squad, um, sent the orb that, that they have to Bryson so that he could try and use the data that any data that they could maybe glean from it, um, to find, uh, uh Leviathan's path to see where it, you know, is landed or where these things are sent mm-hmm. from or, or literally anything. And so then we do some detective work, (laughs) which involves just running around the uh, lab and pressing the A button and then (laughs) (laughs) learning some stuff. Uh, And so basically um, we find a whole bunch of of pieces of evidence that I think get added to a galaxy map search, which I think is really cool. uh, Yeah. That's just like an an element. Search filters. Yeah, it's neat. Based Um, on these things. Mm hmm. But we find evidence of crimes that were committed where people claimed that they, you know, lost their memory and they didn't remember committing the crime. We learn that Bryson has sensitive data about the Reaper fleet um, from the Alliance. uh, And he on the audio message says he'll keep the decryption key close to his heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, okay, this is a clue, Um, which is very (laughs) funny. Um, We find a, a map that you need to, like, turn black light on in order to see, like, uh, travel paths or something. Uh, we find meteorites that have Ezo in them, and we're like, oh, well, if Leviathan, you know, travels using element zero, you know, it doesn't actually really like gas off, basically, but like after a thousand years or so, like you'll probably mm-hmm. need more, more Ezo. Um, so probably Leviathan's like eating these meteorites, which is like another clue to where they're going. Uh, this bit, I got a little confused, I think. Um, there, we found, they, they found evidence that Leviathan helped was helping prep the Rachni for the Reapers to show up? Or did I misunderstand that? Yeah, so it was something along the lines of, like, the, like, Leviathan was using the Rachni as, like, it's sort of, like, it had them, like, indoctrinated or something. Yeah. So, like, okay, where where have the Rachni been? Like, where, okay. where you know, tracking their activities, maybe that'll lead us to to Leviathan. Okay. Also, while we're doing this, we find some art from uh, Anne Bryson, who is mm-hmm. Garrett Bryson's daughter, uh, who made the art when she was like nine. Now she's 28 and she works with the Alliance. And so, you know, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> we, we find a piece of art that Anne Bryson has drawn and it's like a picture of, of Garrett and her. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, wait a minute. And it's <laughs> just like in the grass in like yellow marker. It's just yeah. written like six, eight, nine, five, four, two or whatever the fuck the code is. It's like, okay, <laughs> we just have this on a piece of paper in the lab, like in just like a slightly different color green. Like, it's I don't know. If hidden. That's hidden close no to his one heart. would ever have known if they didn't do all of the detective work. That I literally did. thought it was going to be like a dog tag that was like hanging around his neck close oh, like in, in his chest or something literally close to his heart yeah. literally close to his heart right but oh jesus christ this no, was so much funnier <laughs> um uh so yeah that's like the key uh yeah. or whatever i will also say one other thing that uh he was looking into were creature sightings oh yeah <laughs> yeah Very um good. there's a little bit of like 
it feels like an homage to like the X-Files here. Mm. Um, at some point says, I, I forget or like what the context is. Cause I actually think it's Anne, but do I have the, no, I don't have the, but it, there, there's some line that Anne Bryson says after you meet up with her, where she's like, he always wanted to believe or something like that. Where oh, I was like, funny. this is so X-Files. It's very yeah. cute. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a reference later that I'll bring up. Um, that okay. I thought was really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, you use the decryption key to get information about the Reaper, uh, you know, Reaper locations and how uh, you, you find that their movement patterns are atypical to how they have been moving, which means they're probably looking for something. And so if they're looking for something mm -hmm. in a certain area, then we should probably check over there and check the places that they haven't checked yet. So then we put in all these search filters on the galaxy map and then we do some it's fun it's it's like a cool little little um it like is a cool red red thread on a mm -hmm. you know uh you know charlie day pepe sylvia board um <laughs> and then it's like oh it's this planet um which is where the tges uh mineral works is which is a, a mining operation yeah so i we, yeah. i missed something so i only narrowed oh. it down to three planets and then oh. if you if you do it that way, then you have to like scan a few different systems before mm. you can find the right planet, which is like a little tedious. But I I like kind of the immersion of it. Yeah. Um, it's a cool sort of mechanic that it's like, OK, you can sit here and like puzzle all this out or you can just go scan a bunch of planets until you find mm. the right place. Yeah. Which uh, is what I did cool. later when they give you the option to do this later. Um, yeah. I was like, I'm done. I'm done looking. <laughs> um, so we uh, head out uh to the system that i did not write down uh to the tges mineral works uh and we're on the ship i brought with me garris who is like a, mm -hmm. a staple of my squad and javik for the drama um oh, but fun. really i i brought javik because the last time i didn't bring javik to a thing that was a thousand years old i regretted it so i brought interesting javik. okay I, I brought javik to the thing that's a thousand years old or, or mm -hmm. whatever um just just to see if it made a difference it didn't really i don't think there was nothing that mm -hmm. i got from javik that i was like oh my gosh i'm so glad i brought javik um but yeah i th i think that made sense and also i wasn't about to bring liara because she's sad she's so in I'm mourning <laughs> yeah she's in mourning so i'm not i wasn't gonna do that mm -hmm. um i brought um Edie and james uh which yes. i was playing a little bit of inside baseball and i knew that um that james would show up later in this, which in this wild, DLC. wild thing we'll have to talk about that yeah um so i was like oh i'm gonna do this for like internal consistency kind of mm -hmm. um just keep you know yeah because i gotta like tell my you my little squad for this mission it doesn't make sense <laughs> it doesn't make what? sense if you don't bring james like he just shows up he just and then shows you're like up, yeah. yeah you're part of this now i guess like i <laughs> anyway sorry fucking weird i guess they just wanted people to to use james because the dlc you know they come out after the game is finished and so i assume they were like not enough people use james so we yeah gotta, we gotta maybe some into the squad freddie was the only one they could get for this i don't know oh, fuck <laughs> oh my god that's so funny uh anyway so i brought garris and javik and you brought Edie and james which i think is a good pair because mm -hmm. Edie was with us in the the lab so that tracks exactly that yeah. she's like a part of this i thought yeah, she was going was to be nice. like a default squad mate this whole time but uh, i thought so too yeah i forgot that yeah. she's not yeah um so we arrive at the mineral works mining operation and we pull in and we're like oh there's like reaper uh evidence of reapers nearby so we gotta be careful mm -hmm. and and we go and we land and everything's hunky-dory uh except then we gotta shoot some dudes and then we show up uh in the like lobby of the the mining facility and we're like hey 
okay no sorry we show up <laughs> and immediately there are there are three people to our left two of them look at us one of them has their back to us and yeah. then she just slowly turns her head to the vibes here are rancid it's so spooky it's they do a very good job of creating an atmosphere yeah it's i mean you said that you said they reference x files uh later this feels like a twin peaks moment of somebody (laughs) like i was so unsettled by this yeah um it's very unsettling and yeah you're like hey so there were reapers outside (laughs) and they're not concerned at all they're like oh are they gone and you're like, yeah. And they're like, good. That'll be all. <laughs> and then you're, and then Garris okay. is like, that'll be all. Like, what are you yeah, talking about? We started fuck? the conversation with you. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we're like, okay, um, do you know Dr. Garneau? And they are like, well, before that, you're just like asking them questions. And they're like, yeah, we mine tungsten. Do you know what we use tungsten for? And you're like, hey, I'm asking other questions. So yeah. then you ask if they know Dr. Garneau. And there's a moment of silence. And they're like no we don't you should leave uh and like okay can we maybe take the access elevator and see what's up and they say the access elevator is broken and there's people walking away from the now sparking (laughs) access elevator which is just like really funny to me yeah um and it's also, I think, worth noting that this is two dudes behind this desk and they like go back and forth like some mm-hmm. weird fucking Tweedledee Tweedledum thing. <laughs> and then they're both just at the the, the the same time. They both say you need to go or whatever. Yeah. Like you should step away. And it's like, OK. <laughs> and then Garrus or sorry. And then Javik helpfully is like, something's not right. It's like, yeah, yeah. man. Thank you. Thank you. James said something ain't right here, loco. <laughs> oh, my God. King. Um, oh, see, si, senor. Yeah, um, Christ. And uh, Edie points out that the people seem fearful. Uh, mm. Anytime you try to talk to someone, then they just go, You shouldn't be here. <laughs> Spooky. Bad vibes. Yeah, very bad vibes. So you go to fix the elevator, which is just like you activate a repair drone and then you have to follow the repair drone to the elevator. And I'm like, what is the point of this? And then later you have to do that <laughs> while you're being yeah. shot at. And I'm like, OK, cool. Fun way, I guess, to show me a mechanic. Um, yeah, I, don't know. I just love that this little repair drone, like it'll do its job, but it needs you to hold its hand. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> please don't leave me, please. That's what I that's how I am, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then you, you repair the elevator. Nobody says anything, which I think is fun. Uh, yeah. and, and you hop on the elevator and Garrus is like, OK, so I like went to the elevator logs and it says that Garneau was here last week. Yeah. Um, and she's so like, oh, OK, cool. And there are, you, you arrive at an area with uh, some researchers who also just continue telling you that you should leave. You should not be here. Um, um worth pointing out this is supposed to be a mining facility so oh, why yes. are there why are they doing fucking research on like you know like biology and mm-hmm. like they're they're fucking like growing new strains of plants and shit yeah. and it's like what the fuck is going on something's here? going on there's Edie a point goes, where you, it seems like they're doing everything but mining yes uh, Ga- uh, yeah. uh, garris points that out but yes. javik also brings up uh the he, he finds a thing that's like oh the uh, results of prolonged biotic uh activity through humans Mm -hmm. interesting so yes they're doing everything but mining Mm -hmm. uh which is fun 
and then we eventually find a log from Garneau, who he he was sending it to Bryson, but it didn't get sent because the comm lines were cut or whatever, because mm-hmm. this is a rancid fucking place. Um, <laughs> and you play it back and it's just like, hey, I found this artifact or sorry, I found another artifact in the mines. Um, here's where I'll be. I think stuff's really fucked up. So like, come quick, be careful. Yeah. He's Uh, like, I'm going into hiding. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going into hiding. Here's my location. Um, And that never got sent. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spoilers, I guess. And along with that, we also find uh, access codes from from uh, Garneau in that audio message uh, Mm -hmm. that will allow us into all parts of the facility. So we have to make our way back to the initial lobby hub thing. Um, and punch in the codes and then it's like, okay, well, maybe he was attacked in there. We find evidence that maybe he got attacked in the mines and that he was taken to the med bay. And so then we get this fun little animation of like, you have to go this way to get to the med bay. Um, it was like, okay. Uh, so then you go to the med bay and the vibes continue to stink. Mm-hmm. Really bad, really, really bad vibes. Uh, you first look to the left through a window and you see a body covered uh, and you're like, oh, I hope that's not Garno. <laughs> and then there's somebody from behind a window who's like, hey, I'm Garno. <laughs> um, and you're like, I don't. OK, hi. Um, he says <laughs> he's like speaking in the most like weird semi monotone. He's like mm-hmm. really it's like a really dark room. He's like poorly lit. Um, he's, he's like, I'm trapped. I can't leave. They've trapped me here. Um, everything was fine until the incident. And you're like, huh? What's what's the incident? Um, and then it keeps being weird. And then he eventually is just like, you should stop following Leviathan. It's a dead end, a myth. Uh, Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, you're being weird. And then he says, the darkness must not be breached. Uh, and then begins talking in a, a spooky voice. Yeah, um, like we slamming say, on the glass. Yeah, we say it's we need help. Scary. We say we need help to defeat the Reapers. And he says, you only bring death. And so he yells at us that we only bring death. And then the glass breaks and he makes a run for it for some reason, which I'm still confused about. Like, just. Yeah. Because uh, we I, do. Some, yeah. I mean, assume uh, based on what happens at the end here, I think it's like, OK, the jig is up. So we got to destroy the artifact. Is oh, the right. Um, yeah. Okay. I guess so that, that seems to be his goal, but he does sure. in the process lead us right to it. So, I don't yeah, know. very funny uh, in any, in any event. Yeah. But I guess, I guess his, his thing was like, well, I'll get there before they do. And I'll get there just as the reapers do. Um, mm-hmm. So we do some running. We do, we get the fun drone repair thing we have to do. Yeah. Um, we have to reactivate a door While to fighting get... reapers. Yeah. It's, it's rough. Um, yeah. This, I remember this being a really tough fight. So I was glad I had it on super baby mode, um, mm-hmm. especially when the banshees showed up. I was like, oh yeah, my God. Is, yeah. That's the right call. Yeah. <laughs> so we arrive in the mine or wherever the, the mm-hmm. artifact is, and we see Garneau, and we're like, hey, What's up? And he says, uh, you should you should not breach the dark or the darkness must not be breached. And then there's a bunch of husks crawling toward him. And then he fucking blows himself up. Um, mm-hmm. What a fucking moment. <laughs> I yeah. like gasped at my television. Uh, so he blows himself up and the artifact in the process. And then, you know, and also the husks. And mm-hmm. uh then Javik is poking around and he finds a pad and it's like, ah, it seems like that was not the real Garneau. This is. And then there's just like a dead guy on the ground. He's like, this is the real Garneau. And it seems like he's been dead for a long time. 
he has yeah. uh, several missed calls from Ann Bryson. Uh, we're like, okay, well, I guess Ann Bryson's connected to this somehow. Um, and then the miners show up uh, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, what's up? Who are you? What's going on? Uh, mm-hmm. And so then you, you know, connect dots that blowing up the artifact probably released them from their thing. Their, their thrall. Um, mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, hey, um, like, are you good? Like, what's what's up? You remember you remember when Garneau got here and they're like, I don't fucking know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's going on. And you're like, oh, do you remember anything? And they said, all I remember is feeling cold and dark. Uh, and then they say that they found an artifact in the mine and that uh, their headquarters was supposed to send somebody. Cortez radios in and is like, I don't know what just happened, but uh, the Reapers have broken off. They're gone. It's like the moment the artifact is destroyed, the Reapers don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the miners are like, what's a Reaper? What's a Reaper? And that's what prompts Chef yeah. to ask, what year do you think it is? Yeah. And my my say, notes are... My notes are, uh, they were, ah, <laughs> that's, that's all the notes were there. Um, yeah. And so you're like, what year do you think it is? And they're like, it's 2176, which is a decade ago, Yeah, which is fucking horrifying. Um, yeah, this was the moment that I was like, this is r- so cool. Like, this is a yeah. really cool DLC. Like I'm having very a great time. Spooky. Cool. Yeah. Very spooky. Very cool. Great vibes. Loving the lore. It's so mm-hmm. neat. The lore is luring. The lore really, really is heavy in this, in this yeah. mission. Um, but I hadn't had the thought yet of uh, I can't believe this was DLC, so <laughs> we won't get there yet. At this point, I was just like, this is mm. fucking this is so fucking cool. And like, OK, um, Steve, can you call the Citadel and tell them to, like, get a quarantine unit down here? I think these people yeah. are going to need to be in a box for a little bit um, <laughs> while we tell them what's been happening the last 10 fucking years. Because yeah. uh, let alone what had happened in a decade is a long uh, amount of time to lose. And then if you uh-huh. factor into that four years ago, uh, a galaxy and threat was introduced and we're at war with mm-hmm. them now is a little bit probably too much to bear so we'll have to um, process a lot to process yeah so uh we 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 do that and then uh we leave <laughs> and so then we're in the shuttle uh and we're like hey what's up and you know we're just talking back and forth and we're like the artifact seems to be connected to indoctrination somehow mm-hmm. so maybe they've been doing research on on that bit um, and I think maybe we should head back and look at our artifact uh, and see if we can, you know, get any info about it. So then we go back to Bryson's lab uh, and we're like, hey, we should put a shield around this so that mm-hmm. we don't get indoctrinated. So we do that. Uh, and then we are once again just walking around the lab hitting A at stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting you find like a data pad with Hadley's research and he's like this seems totally cool and safe this artifact no need to be worried about this hey by the way you know maybe we should stop looking for Leviathan I think maybe that's a dead <laughs> yeah. so it's like okay clearly he's like under the influence of this thing mm-hmm. um, uh, there's also just a husk head that you can interact with and yeah yeah that's fun yeah spooky it screams at you um be screaming yeah uh and then eventually Edie is like this is not like this orb is not made of anything that is reminiscent of reaper tech um so this is Mm -hmm. like something that predates them or is unrelated to them in some way uh so you know get that thought out of your mind i guess this is where it's revealed that derek hadley is in a vegetative state because it seems like leviathan 
while controlling him didn't want him to speak anymore um mm-hmm. and then we find a pad that brings up this idea of basilisks which are a creature and so you're like Edie, what do you know about basilisks uh and she's like oh there's evidence of basilisks you know in history or whatever it was uh used in a video game and it, its power could be used to to uh uh like freeze player characters and it was it was uh written off as quote overpowered and i think this is probably a dragon age reference um oh yeah because bioware also made dragon age and i i have to imagine there's at least a basilisk in dragon age um i don't know for sure i did not look it up so don't, I don't know me. i've never played a dragon age yeah Talk they do the uh, fantasy stuff is what it is it's like fantasy mass effect i don't know yeah, if you I know. knew that <laughs> no, I I'm, know. Just, I'm just goofing <laughs> um so then we make it up to bryson's like area which is on the second floor of the lab uh to his calm this nice little like loft Loft, above his lab yeah and so we play whatever uh whatever calm thing and it's like uh an an alliance official being like ah yes you've been greenlit to listen in on this batarian comms for when they found the reaper uh and so you do that uh and it's not really any new information it's just like hey we found a reaper something probably killed it and then the batarian's like we sh- the the like higher up batarian i guess is like well we shouldn't tell anybody period mm-hmm. and like it's like okay fun fun uh uh audio log that i think that was in because i think i listened to that the first time we visited the lab um oh. so i think it's yeah i think that was left over from from Oops. the prior uh, part, funny. which is why it probably didn't hit his heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, well, yeah, we already know this. Um, that's funny. And then we find a video log uh, from Anne Bryson uh, about the artifact that they found on their base. Uh, and she tells Bryson to shield the one that they have. Um, and at this point, Edie's like, OK, well, based on this evidence, um, Anne is probably in this system, but there's a few places she could be. Uh, so you're welcome to keep looking around the lab for more clues or you can just kind of wing it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm fucking winging it. Um, so, you know, you, you do the same thing. You do some scanning and then you eventually find yeah. out where they are. Um, this one is kind of cool. It's like you look at like the ship that she left on and like what it's um, equipped for. You also um, look for like, OK, what did she requisition from like the equipment locker uh, before she left? So you like narrow it down that way. That's fine. Um, and it turns out she is at a dig site in the Pylos Nebula on the planet, the planet Namakli. Sure. Um, My favorite vegetable. And so um, that is where we go. So we go there. Yeah. Uh, and we are back on the shuttle and we're like, well, we don't really have any evidence of this, but it's safe. I think safe to assume that Anne Bryson's base is probably a target. So we should get there before the Reapers do. Um, we're like, Steve, how's it going? He says nothing. Uh, we have no hail responses, but nothing seems weird. There are some weird frequencies, though, um, but it should be fine. And then as we're <laughs> flying, uh, some harvesters show up and we're like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck. Uh, so we have to land. We we see Anne Bryson and her companion uh through a window and we're like hi we're here to save you but then we have to go to a lower level which means we then have to work our way up this i think is a really fucking cool moment uh because the whole time you're doing this uh and is is calling to you like they're advancing or whatever like they're shit blowing up etc uh and then you're watching the base fall apart around you Mm -hmm. uh which is just it's like really uh cool um i don't think i I wouldn't just 
yeah, I wouldn't say it's like a set piece moment, but it's like like this whole level, I think, is kind of a, a set piece. And so like it's just it's, like seeing it's it, a very cool level design. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. Uh, so stuff's falling um, apart and you have to like change your, your path a couple of times. And it's yeah, like, you're like constantly like doubling back, like the way that you're trying to go keeps getting cut off in various ways. So it's mm-hmm. like, all right, we got to find another route. Uh, let's try <laughs> climbing this ladder this time yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. It's it makes for like a very cool kind of like dynamic. Yes. Fight. Yes. Very dynamic. So then you make it there <laughs> and everybody <laughs> has died. Uh, everybody has died except for Anne. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you're like, okay, come with us. We're not worried that you're under mind control at all, which I thought was <laughs> a weird thing. Um, but they don't seem worried about it. So I guess we're not worried about it. Well, I think because she had figured out like, oh, this, shield this it. thing. Yeah. So she had shielded it. Sure. Um, which later someone undoes it <gasps> to momentarily. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so we walk out and we had seen on the wall or if you had looked up on the wall, you would have seen a, a big painting of what looks like a Reaper. Um, and we're like, wow, this is really old. And she says, yeah, it's way older than we thought the Reapers were. So this is interesting. But this is clearly a Reaper, um, which I was like, OK, this is an interesting point to try and drive home. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know what this note was supposed to be, but I once again got interrupted while writing a note. Um <laughs> And uh, because we make it into a cave and where the artifact is uh, and we see some of the marauders around the artifact and one of them is like absorbing its power or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're like, oh, fuck. And she gets the darkness must not be breached. Um, (laughs) It's like, oh, fuck, we're too late. You know, the darkness must not be reached, blah, blah, blah. And so then we shoot those guys and we kill them. And then uh, she gets on mind control because we blow up the artifact and we call Steve and we're like, hey, come get us. And then a harvester shows up and then we have to fight a fucking harvester with a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. And it's really annoying. And then we escape. <laughs> I feel like I'm really blowing through some of this, but like it's just so much stuff happens at the end of this mission that yeah. I'm like, I'm clearly missing something, but I don't really think I am. No, that's it. It's it like it's funny because this mission feels like a lot of stuff happens, but mm-hmm. like the, there isn't actually much that happens in any like given part of the of the game. It's like yeah. you're just sort of there. There's just some very cool combat sequences, yeah. honestly, which like um, good, good for that in between you know? some good storytelling. Yeah. 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 I guess maybe that's what it is. Boiling it down to like you shoot some guys and then you leave It's like because mm-hmm. they're cool. Um, but anyway, so you escape with Anne. Um, and on the ship, she starts talking about um, like who or what Leviathan is um, and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I have something to tell you. And she's like, what if it's and just like keeps talking. And then it's like, I have to tell my dad. And then you're then, then you have to be in the position of being like, well, actually, yeah, your dad died. Sorry. Um, I think this is like this. And then the the aftermath of this, when you head back to Bryson's office, because spoiler alert, that's where we're going. Um, like, I think this really is like a good illustration of like grieving. I don't know. It just felt like Mm -hmm. very grounded in, in, in like reality. Like, yeah, it feels very, very grounded, very human, very like you get a lot of characterization of Anne and Dr. Bryson and their relationship Mm -hmm. um, in a very short amount of time, which Mm -hmm. is, I think a testament to like really um, 
like good and impactful storytelling. Yeah. And in a way that doesn't feel like, why are they telling me this? I don't care about this person. Like, I know I've talked before about how, like, they really want you to care about Bailey and I just don't <laughs> like, but, but I don't know. I, and I couldn't put my finger on why this hits better than that because Bailey yeah. is a character that we've known for a while as yeah. opposed to Anne Bryson, who I've just met and I'm actually really invested in her, you know, her relationship with her dad and how yeah. she feels about his death. Um, but yeah, I, maybe it's just a quality of writing thing that it, it just, it's very well done here. Yeah. I think her performance is done very well too, where I think mm-hmm. Bailey's performance a lot of the time is like, I have a son. We do not talk. Bummer. That's true. It's it like, might, okay. yeah, it might be a, a power of, the vocal performance yeah maybe it's just because maybe it's just because bailey's a cop (laughs) (gasps) maybe (laughs) anyway we're just predisposed not predisposed yeah um but yeah so the the i I like that moment a lot and you know it's it's i i didn't take any notes about what she specifically said but i just think it's really good um but then you go to talk to her in the lab uh and you talk more specifically about her relationship with her dad and stuff Mm -hmm. um and she says that she needs to know what's on the other side of that artifact. Um, and then you're talking about her relationship and she's like, you know, my dad has always been like really involved with this work. And as I got older, I like noticed that and started to feel like an inconvenience. Um, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I, I, I just kind of wanted to get out of his way because you're like, how do you like, I, I, I get that you're upset and I'm really sorry about your dad. And she says, yeah, it's kind of complicated. And you're like, Oh, did you like have a fight or whatever? And it's just like, well, you know, it's not like a fight. It was just kind of, he was doing his thing and I was doing my thing. Yeah. And it was like, well, she mentions they had like a very trivial disagreement before right. he died, which is like, you know, just an aside of like, damn, like he died when I was, you know, we were angry at each other, mm-hmm. which sucks. Really sad. Um, yeah. Just, just like sad on its own. And then, yeah, you get more background about like their relationship. And mm-hmm. um, he was, it feels very much like Tolly's relationship with her dad, where it's like, yeah. he was very invested in his work. And so like, you know, could be a little bit distant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and later on, she says something. She's like, I wrote my dissertation on the rack nigh, which my dad thought was a foolish decision and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And it's like, even though they're both involved in this highly academic field, it's like she he she wasn't doing exactly like researching the stuff that mm-hmm. he wanted her to research. And so it was like they were like arguing over that stuff. And it's like, you know, it's yeah. just very, very, like you said, human, like very small mm-hmm. things that you butt heads against. So we follow her around the base after that. Um and, you know, she says some things. Uh, you talk about Sovereign a little bit because there is just a piece of Sovereign in this lab, which I guess we did yeah. not know, um, which is pretty funny. So you, you talk about the Rachni and she's like, yeah, the Rachni, you know, people think they speak telepathically, but there's not actually any such thing as telepathy. It's like all done through pheromones. And when they're not close to each other, they basically use like, uh, you know, organic i guess like mass effect fields or whatever uh in order yeah, to she, to <laughs> manipulate that yeah it's a bunch of like um uh tech mumbo jumbo yes like like you know just like buzzwords that she mm-hmm. uses but i think she calls it a quantum entangler i don't yeah. know what that means science yeah you know um yeah but she's like oh i i think leviathan probably uses similar you know, a similar means of controlling people or like mm-hmm. communicating across, you know, across the galaxy using this, these artifacts. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can use the artifact to try and trace Leviathan and its location. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, we could, you know, uh, 
we could let Leviathan speak through me because we know we already have that. We know I already have that connection. And to which Shepard was like, no, <laughs> that's like really <laughs> dangerous and we're not going to do that. And she says, well, if we don't do it, then the Reapers will get to Leviathan first. And I don't think either of us want that. And we're like, Eesh. Um, and then James is there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, hi, James. And he says, yeah, if you're going to fight the Reapers, I'm going to be here, too. And then it's like, OK, I guess that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think I had <laughs> when you walk in the room that he's in because he's like in the lab room where like the artifact is um and he just goes hey loco need a hand <laughs> oh, well now it. I do um did you also did you talk to him before the stuff with uh, before you yeah, talked to Anne and I didn't write anything down home? though yeah so yeah when you talk to him um he's standing near the husk head mm. And he's like, hey, Commander, look at this thing. Isn't this cool? Um, and then the second time you talk to him about it, he tries to touch it and it bites him. And he's like, uh, Edie, do I need to be worried about this? Like, am I going to turn into a husk? And she's like, I would just apply some Metagel, yeah. which he does. Um, and then the third time you talk to him, he's like, hey, Shep, maybe we should like take this thing. We can yeah. study it. I don't know. And then that gives you the option to take the husk head and put it in your quarters on the the Normandy, yeah, baby. which I declined to do. Really? Yeah, because it creeps me out. Hmm. I took it because I think it's really funny. It's so yeah. funny. <laughs> um, But I got I I didn't uh, share these with you because I, I was pretty sure you had already played, but I didn't want to spoil anything in case you hadn't. But I got some very good um, photo mode oh, images yeah. of James and the husk head um, that I will share on the Internet. Yeah, I um, I feel like this like breaks the internal logic of the, of mm -hmm. the video game, because like aren't the husks all connected to the Reapers? And so like, wouldn't you not want a live husk head in your like secret lab? And then like, would you, wouldn't you not want it on your secret ship base? Like that feels like a, shame yeah, decision. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying I, I, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I just, it's, fair. Uh, <laughs> it's a I fair just, point. Yeah. <laughs> so then we, uh, finally agree to put the shields down and get Anne connected to Leviathan. Mm -hmm. um and james is there to hold her back because i guess she has some sort of weird like physical reaction to it that we haven't seen anybody else have um <laughs> which is which is fun uh yeah. so um yeah i do like he like before before we do this he goes to her like i'm gonna be right here mm. like oh james yeah he's a very sweet guy yeah he's sweet A sweet little guy um this this DLC is the first thing, my first playthrough that made me be like, oh, maybe James is OK. <laughs> this is the beginning of my my turn into a total James head. Yeah. And then he called you loco again. You're like, ugh. Um, <laughs> well, he called me Lola in my original. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you you did. I didn't write any of the specifics of this conversation down because I was mostly just like, oh, my God, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, um, it's 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 hard to take notes on this because yeah, thing, a lot is happening very quickly but um so you drop the shield and uh eventually you know she gets taken over by leviathan mm. she gives the standard turn back the darkness cannot be breached um james goes dios <laughs> terrible <laughs> uh and so shep is like uh, meanwhile Edie is like 
you know, it's like the thing when in, uh, you know, movies about like someone has been kidnapped and, you know, you're trying to like triangulate the location of the kidnapper on a phone call uh, about like, you know, oh, get me my money or whatever. So you're like trying to keep the line open <laughs> yes, as long yes. as possible to like get the information that you need. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Shep's like, you know, the Reapers are coming. Uh, Like, you got to help us. And Leviathan says, you have brought them. You are a threat. And Shep is like, so are you. You like killed a Reaper. So we need you. Mm-hmm. Um. Leviathan says, there is no war. There is only the only harvest. the harvest. And at this point, Edie's like, okay, I have a partial lock. Like, I, if you want to narrow it down, you need to keep the connection open longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and James is like, fuck no, I'm hitting the shield. This is done. Um, and then there is a renegade interrupt so you can stop him. What did Courtney do? Courtney did stop him. Jin did not. <gasps> Jin, le- Jin let, her, let it close. So... Oh. um. Which just meant I had to do more scanning. But right, uh, yeah, that's you want to pick up from here with with Gortney. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was just uh, uh, you don't allow James to make uh, to to put the shield back up. Uh, Shepard says we can fight them, we can win this, and then uh, Leviathan says the cycle cannot be broken. Uh, in a spooky Leviathan voice, Shepard says you're wrong. Edie's like we're getting there, uh, and then. We get some flashes back and forth between uh, uh, between Anne and the orb <laughs> and just like oh. e- escalating music. And then her mm-hmm. nose starts bleeding. And then James is like really trying to hold her back. And that's when you get the option to renegade interrupt again to raise the shield, mm-hmm. uh, which I did take that one because she looked like she was dying <laughs> and I wasn't about to kill a lady. I was just I was just trying to get more info. Um, and so then she just like fully passes out. Uh, not fully passes out. Sorry. She's like almost despondent. Uh, and James is like, are you okay? And then you can check in on her and you ask if she's okay. And she's like, uh, I don't know. My head hurts. <laughs> um, uh, and then that's, uh, you know, Shepard's like, okay, you did great. Um, Edie, mm-hmm. like how, how much did we get? And then, uh, that's when we find out how yeah. much we got. Um, she said, um, it'll take time to search, but we, the coordinates were sent to the Normandy. So, mm-hmm. Anne also says that she sensed anger yes. from Leviathan. She says, I think it wants to wants kill you. Wants to kill you. you. Yeah, horrifying. Ooh. Yeah, not, not good vibes. Um, mm-hmm. So you then use those coordinates to scan and find mm-hmm. the place. And while we're pulling in, uh, it's this big water planet. Who'd you bring on this one? Uh, this was, well, you have to bring James and then, uh, uh, I brought, or no, sorry. You don't have to bring James. James is, James is there. I brought James, uh, <laughs> because it, you have to bring James, you don't have to bring James, but it felt canon to bring James because like yeah. they put him in the cutscene. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to not bring James. Um, <laughs> and then I brought Javik just to like lean into the full, the full chaos yeah. of, of this squad pairing. And because I also I brought... don't need two shoot boys is the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I brought um, James and Tali because there's just like a little bit more sort of like tension in this scene. If you bring your romantic partner. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that tracks. Yeah, well, that's, that's fun. But again, I'm not bringing Liara because she's sad. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so also I, fair. I, <laughs> I just continued to bring Javik and James, like you said, was the canon choice. So we arrive at this watery planet uh, and we uh, I think see a wrecked Cerberus ship. Uh, I was I, I, I kind of glossed over that bit. Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know. We it, it it's a fucked up planet. There's a bunch of stuff and there's a base. Yeah, we're like heading towards the ocean and it, it's full of um wrecked ships. Yeah. And Steve is like, well, it, it seems like the <laughs> we sent a probe down and uh there's a lot of water and uh the probe is really deep. Uh and it yeah. seems like that is that's where Leviathan is, and you're like, oh, okay, interesting. Um Yeah. How how Apparently, will we do this? Yeah, yeah, the shuttle will will go that deep. Yeah. Um, he says tested in like, like 10,000 climates or something. I never yeah. thought I'd get to try it out in all of them. <laughs> yeah. So before you get to actually uh, dive with the uh, oh shit, I forgot to I forgot the name of the shuttle. Um, Kodiak. The Kodiak. That's right. The whole bear thing. Uh, before you get the chance to dive with the Kodiak, uh, there's a big energy pulse that basically deactivates the ship. So we kind of crash land uh and then we're like oh my god um <laughs> you got to we had and then and then we like where we land we we you know poke around a little bit and we find a uh a big old mech um behind a door and oh did i skip stuff <laughs> oh, a lot of it <laughs> sorry i don't know what happened oh there's reapers there's a reaper that shows up also and before that you lead me, yeah lead me through please i'm sorry uh it so you land on what is essentially like this big freighter that has crashed into the water mm. and is like floating there. And uh, Cortez is like, OK, I'm going to do repairs, um, try and get, you know, the shuttle up and running again. And uh, the rest of us go and investigate. We find these like makeshift shelters. It turns out this was a ship that once belonged to a bunch of Ezo prospectors who got hit by that same pulse and were downed here. They could not send a distress signal. Um, so they just sort of like were stuck here until they died of starvation. Um, we also find a bunch of the artifacts around right, yeah. um, and find a data pad that says that someone tried to throw one overboard and the others suddenly attacked him. Mm. Um, so clearly it was being controlled. Uh we also recognize that some of the ships around here are like ancient. So this has been going on for like God knows how long. Mm -hmm. um, and then a Reaper shows up and uh, Reaper forces start attacking. Cortez manages to get the shuttle airborne, but then get hit, gets hit by another pulse and goes down. Um, and he's like, you, you know, after you've like fought off some of the waves of Reapers, he's like, listen, we're not going anywhere until you talk to leviathan like the normandy can't come get us because otherwise mm. she's just going to be downed too so and the crash will be less pretty there. or something yeah which like i remember the first time i played this that i was really like oh shit like we're mm. fucking marooned yeah. right now yeah, um, it's it was, a really it's cool it's scary it's dire yeah um yeah um, but yes, there, there are these mechs here that, um, they are, they look like Cerberus mechs, but they're like other special mechs for diving specifically mm. called Triton mechs. And so Steve is like, I think your best bet is we'll, we'll grab one of those and send you down there. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, they're like behind this like door that we need to reroute power to open them. So there's a sequence where you have to, Steve is like, grabbing like energy cells from the the shuttle and you have to like run them to these like points i guess where you can like insert them and like power this door um while fighting a bunch of uh reaper enemies mm. which is uh, a fun sequence yeah um and as, as you uh, power up the cells they they lose power <laughs> the longer you leave them which is oh fun. yeah um 
So yeah, I brute forced my way through as I usually do. Mm. Um, and then once you like succeed and get the mech out, you like walk it out, use it to like kill the rest of the reapers. Um, or, you know, in that wave, Steve checks the mech and he's like, all right, this thing is like as good as I'm going to get it. So (laughs) time to go. Um, and, uh, James is like, are you fucking serious right now? Like, this is what we're doing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we don't have a choice. (laughs) Um, And there's sort of a moment where Tali is like, please be careful. (laughs) Um, And Shep's like, I'll be fine. Yeah. And then you walk the mech into the ocean. Yeah. um, It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, You walk into the ocean and then you just continue diving sinking um, yeah yeah and the loading screen oh, so cool so good is just this mech in the middle of like the void mm-hmm. in the ocean like sinking down into the um the water yeah uh absolutely so horrifying cool. experience for for myself um but do you have thaslophobia uh a a bit i think um (laughs) so it's a bit spooky but there was enough stuff that i could like see that it wasn't too bad but yeah um, yeah so yeah that is really cool um and we just like walk and fall and dive um and we eventually come across the probe that we had shot from the normandy Uh, um as you go to it's like the they Oh, the atmosphere that they set is extremely good. It's like it's dark down here. Like you said, like you can still sort of see because like, well, for a while, there's a light on on the mech. And at some point, it's like the pressure causes it to break and go out, which is really cool. Yeah, which I was Um, glad they said something because I was like, the pressure down here, we're 3000 feet under or 3000 meters under the water. Like the pressure here has to be insane. So I'm glad that that actually happened. Yeah. Um you're sort of like using flares to light your way. And Mm. there are like bioluminescent jellyfish, like (laughs) huge jellyfish down here, which is very cool. But yeah, you, uh, it's, it's also like Shep is like talking as this is happening. Cause they're like, like you, your comms have been cut. So you can't like something's blocking them. So you can't hear Cortez, but like Mm. just in case Shepard is like, you know, like sending messages in case they can hear them. Um, and so at some point you're like, I'm gonna, um, just like emergency systems come on on the suit. So it's clearly like, this is really pushing the depth that Mm -hmm. it can go to. Um, at some point Shep's like, I'm going to shut down like some, like unnecessary systems to conserve power. Cause I'm going to need the thrusters to like, get me back to the mm-hmm. surface. Um, it, again, like very harrowing. I was like worried yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first time I played this. And then finally, after you find the probe, something rises up. Yeah. So you find the probe the and trench. then you, you walk forward a bit. Uh, and then we go into cutscene mode. Um, and I just wrote, oh my God. And then, oh my God in caps. And then the rest <laughs> of these are also all in caps. Ah, this is, fuss- f- this is fucking awesome. Crab Reaper. Hello. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like a Reaper, but organic. Yeah. Looks like a cuttlefish kind it's, of. Yeah. Big spooky cuttlefish. Um, mm-hmm. absolutely humongous. Um, yeah. so big. Um, so and, big. and then, uh, it goes in our head. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it says, you've breached the darkness. <laughs> you should not have breached the darkness. <laughs> and um, forgive me if I if I miss any stuff here, but please, please feel free to interrupt me. Uh, sure. They basically explain like you're you're like oh you kind of look like a reaper and it's like well actually i'm fucking older than a reaper um Mm -hmm. the reapers are based on us and this whole time we're in this like uh, you know amorphous space of like you know it's basically just like look looks like we're underwater but there's like nothing under nothing around we're just standing there and we see like Anne bryson who then eventually turns into Derek hadley who then turns mm-hmm. into just like a bunch of different people this whole time as they're talking to us which like is really great for cementing that vibe of like you're just in this space that is like built out of your memories yeah um, you're like and, in the sunken place yeah basically. yeah 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 um, um very good uh yeah and so then we we bring up the the, like you know we're at war and we could use your help again um and they once again say like this is not a war this is just the harvest Mm -hmm. um and then uh go on to talk about how you know um the reapers are harvesting but they say that they, they they think of you differently they see you as a threat we must understand why. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so you, you just, oh my God. And then you just start talking to it. Um, and, and it's, and it's, it's just so cool. Um, I love this yeah. moment so much. It's like the sovereign moment when you first like speak to sovereign in, in the, mm-hmm. in mass effect one, but like turned up to fucking like 15. It's, it's, I, I, I can't even describe how cool it is. Um, just like, so, so, it's it's awesome in in terms of like it is really cool and it is also inspiring awe you know like yeah. it's yeah. oh man it's it's really really good um mm-hmm. so they you 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 know ask like you know what's what's up what are you doing what's happening um and they say that they are the apex race they are the the first race in the galaxy and that they have basically did, done what the Protheans wanted to do by subjugating more or less every other uh, race that exists um, and, and you know, accepting their praise and gifts or whatever as, as tribute and, like, controlling mm-hmm. them. I guess basically they were, like, benevolent gods, kind of, and they, like, yeah they would like accept i mean they were they were literally like using these mind control powers on them so it's like yeah okay yeah um uh and then like but they're like yeah and then these societies you know uh um you know we watched over them or whatever and then they continued to grow and we could control how they interacted with us but we could not control how they interacted with each other uh which eventually led to them you know, reaching these technological apexes and then dis- and fighting each fighting themselves and then wiping themselves out uh, or something. No, I'm mistaking it's, it. They, Sorry. They say uh, over time they built machines that then destroyed them. Oh, I okay. I, I yeah, I just, just yeah. It's yeah. It's um. It's a synthetic versus organic thing. Um, oh, and they say okay. Yeah, they say tribute does not flow from a dead race. Really good line. I also Great wrote that line. down. Fucking rules. Great line. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. So to solve this problem, they created their own machines and intelligence. Mm-hmm. With the mandate to preserve life at any cost. Um, so always those, a good mandate. Yeah. So those are the Reapers. They evolved. They studied the development of civilizations, and the solution that they came up with was the harvest. Mm-hmm. 
they created and so they say from our essence or i guess it was it was this intelligence that created the reapers they say mm-hmm. from our essence the first reaper was created you called it harbinger, harbinger. yeah yeah i wrote this is fucking awesome it's so cool yeah. i love this <laughs> it's wild. Um, oh man um so so basically harbinger did what any ai in early science fiction would do where it it realizes Mm -hmm. that the the best way to preserve life is to destroy life because uh civilizations i guess are doomed to implode and uh, destroy themselves they're like okay well we'll destroy Mm -hmm. them before they can destroy themselves um yeah like okay cool uh and that was or like mm. cull i guess in order to like prevent total destruction maybe is the vibe i don't know yeah and so (laughs) leviathan also reveals that uh it's it's been using the artifacts to basically spy on the galaxy and like stay in on like what's been going on but they've also been using them to control the races that are uh, being mind controlled to erase information about their existence uh Mm -hmm. so that is why nobody knows about them and that is why also the reapers did not know where they were uh where they were hiding um Mm -hmm. etc etc and so then um we can also ask about the crucible and we're like hey what's the deal with the crucible it's like i don't know it's never been completed so uh Mm -hmm. and we're like oh that's that bodes really well i love that actually um which is fun because when i first heard that the batarians found the dead reaper i was like oh they must have finished the crucible but it didn't do enough uh the first Mm -hmm. time um that was what i had thought um interesting yeah so that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, well, this has been fun. Um, you're going to stay. W- oh, yeah, please. There's a little bit more. Please, please, um, please, please. please. <laughs> sorry. So if you ask them, like, why did you build AI if yeah. you saw how badly that turned out for like every other race? And they were like, they say you cannot conceive of a galaxy that bends to your will. Basically, like we didn't think it could happen to us because yeah. we're the best. So it was just like hubris. And and Shep says, now we all pay the price for your mistake. And they say there was no mistake. It still serves its purpose. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, they're 3000 meters below sea level on some planet and fuck off. Uh, yeah. Milky Way. If you ask, like, what is the point of the harvest? They say the preservation of life. That purpose has not been fulfilled. Um, they created the mass relays to, like, speed up time between cycles for efficiency's sake. Um, but, like, this is still very much, like, an experiment that the reapers are running uh to like you know see will people evolve or not people or organics i guess evolve to reach a point where like the the harvest is no longer necessary mm-hmm. um but leviathan says until the intelligence finds what it's looking for the harvest will continue which i just that is just such a fascinating concept that it's like we like this almost in a way this still doesn't make sense because it is a process of making sense out of you know the chaos it's like yeah. an intelligence trying to make sense out of the chaos of of organic life i just fascinating yeah it's stuff. like oh well this this must be what they intended for us to do so we have to keep doing mm-hmm. it even if it doesn't super make sense they knew what they were doing and so we just have to jesus fucking christ <laughs> As I was speaking, just some dude just <laughs> revved mm-hmm. in front of our house. Anyway, fucking motorcycles. Um, so then Leviathan's like, well, this has been fun. Um, <laughs> and you're going to stay here on our shelf and you're going to be our little <laughs> our little human toy. This will be fun. Um, uh, they say it's a tool, uh, actually. But uh, mm-hmm. they're like, everybody else will be destroyed, but you'll stay here with us. They basically want to turn us into Javik, I guess. Um, yeah. 
and then um i missed like the the middle part here of being like uh look like you're you can't do that we are like so close to winning if we have your Mm -hmm. help like we will do this um and then they bring up the fact that like you know we saw you defeat sovereign and the collectors and like do all this other stuff um and uh i think at that point two more of these things Mm -hmm. emerge from the trench uh and i guess you know have a little consensus or whatever um (laughs) and they're like look we'll help you fight but not because you're asking us to (laughs) like yeah we'll help you fight because uh uh you know the the reapers have, have gotten out of control or something and and we're gonna keep them as our like fucking slave race or whatever and it's like mm-hmm. okay this worked really well the first time and has also worked really well for the <laughs> the, the quarians with the geth but i guess yeah. go off and uh it's so fucking cool uh mm-hmm. i'm sure i'm sure i missed specifics there i, I don't know uh, i mean that's pretty much it okay. it's like yeah you're just you managed to convince them that like shep is like a completely different not like other girls not like other girls like it's they they are like this wild card that's been thrown into this cycle that might you know shift the balance um so they're like all right let's bet let's see how it plays out and also i think chef is also like literally the reapers know that you're here so like right this is this is like the end of the line for you you either gotta fight or you know they're coming for you they know where you are now um so that might also push it over the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically after that, Shepard comes to in in the mech. Um, they're like finally out of Shep's head. Uh, their nose is bleeding, which is a nice touch. Um, the mech is like freaking out. So you activate your thrusters and like zoop upward. Mm-hmm. Um, Shep's looking bad in there. Probably got the bends. Yeah, that's um, what I was wondering. I was like, what's the bends protocol on this? Um, I well, so you've theoretically been. I'm not. I'm not going to get into it. Um, <laughs> like theoretically, you've been like it's pressurized in there, so like yeah, you should not get the bends. But um, oh, yeah. anyway, uh, you come out. You you shoot <laughs> out of the ocean. Yeah. Uh, on yep. the surface, your teammates are still like fighting off Reaper forces, mm-hmm. and. Uh, when you arrive and Shep's in like pretty bad shapes, they're like stumbling around like, you know, a drunk person. Yeah. It's like, oh no, these two brutes are about to attack Shepard. But then um, <laughs> Leviathan uses their mind control powers to control the brutes. They turn on each other. Um, James comes in and grabs you. Cortez says the pulse is offline. So we get to the shuttle um, and are trying to get away. The Reaper is like about to attack. It's like charging up its, its laser power. And just at the right moment, um, it sort of like goes offline and, uh, falls into the ocean. Yeah. Um, as Leviathan sort of takes control of it. Oh, it's so fucking cool. It's so fucking cool. It's good shit. So you escape and Tali is very worried, uh, about, gin which is very sweet but he's he's okay he goes i've got a hell of a headache she goes keila don't do that to me Mm. and radios in and we're like hey we found leviathan um and we convinced it that it can't hide anymore and has to fight oh this is the this is the (laughs) x-files reference Mm. she goes my father would appreciate this knowing the truth is out there Mm -hmm. um isn't that an x-files thing the truth Mm -hmm. is out there 
I think so. Or it's either that or I want to believe. I don't know if they're both or just one of them is. Yeah, the line the truth is out there opens every episode. Okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> sick. <laughs> I didn't make that up. Um, so, yeah, and then you find out she's joining the Crucible Project. Thank you, Anne, for Thanks, your yeah. service. And, and that's... Well, and then we yeah. yak it with Hackett. We yak it with Hackett. <laughs> Just a quick little yak it here at the end. Oh, yeah. Yak it with Hackett. Um, he basically tells you like all the information that we've gotten from uh, Leviathan has already been compiled into a thing called the Leviathan Codex, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, just a, 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 th- a thing of all collected history. So that's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, and then and then you say, OK, bye. Uh, and that's it. And that's the mission. Really fucking good. And I cannot believe mm. that it is downloadable content. Yeah. Like. The origin of the Reapers, the beginning of all of this, why this, this is, is happening. So downloadable content. Much. This is so much. This yeah. changes the entire game. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can like unforgivable decision in yeah. my humble opinion. I, I agree. I this and Javik, I was like, how the fuck was this not base game? This is like critical knowledge yeah yeah um mm-hmm. i i don't have any more nuanced thoughts about that and because it was from 2012 like this was a decade yeah. ago like it's fucked up obviously and it should not have happened and it was clearly a cash grab especially mm-hmm. for it to be such critical info people are gonna be like i can't believe this wasn't in the game and then people are gonna be like oh well i guess i have to buy this to like understand mm-hmm. the entire scope of the like omega being dlc is one thing it's like a fun mission there's it's really right. self-contained there's stuff there that's like okay cool neat but this is totally like agree. man like it's 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 wild i think they did a really great job of making it like quote worth the money like the missions are fun the story's really good the writing and performances are really well done but like mm-hmm. this is not downloadable content this is mm-hmm. this is canon story like this is lore that should have been in the, the game and the fact that i mean i know we're in a totally like we are in a circumstance that they were not uh like thinking about when they made the thing of like we are going to start the game with the DLC already in it. And so like we mm-hmm. could do this first, <laughs> like this could yeah. be one of the first things we did. Um, I think that's kind of an unforgivable thing, but I also think that, you know, I, I totally get that. But I think the fact that this was a thing, you know, a decade later that we could just do in the beginning, instead of it being part of the canon story of like, well, now you've done this Kai Lang mission. Now you go do this. Um, like, the, oh, I just I, I I'm still I think too mad about it to have any more coherent thoughts than that because um, mm-hmm. it's really truly unforgivable. Yep, <laughs> pretty much summed up. Um, it's insane that this that this is not base game. Like yeah. I, it's it is like essential to like fully understand. Yeah, what what leads us to this moment and what's at stake. Yeah, it's not like this is cool info to know. It's like this is. It's what it's bonkers. It's, it's the it is like the big mystery yeah. of the game, of the entire trilogy, of why is this happening? Right. And the fact mm-hmm. that like I I had thought that this was a thing that would be revealed in the main story. <laughs> so and to an extent sure. it is when you when you reach the ending, you you will get more explanation of sure. like the reapers and their motivations and whatnot but like it doesn't have the background of like 
how they came to be. Yeah. Which I think is so essential to understand, like, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to say too much more and like, um, give away the game, but yeah, I feel like part of the whole trilogy has been trying to demythologize the Reapers by Mm -hmm. having you defeat them over and over again. And I think this is the logical conclusion to that kind of arc of like, oh, Mm -hmm. they were an intelligence created by a, a, a larger race, which we've gotten implied that like the Reapers aren't like the Reapers said to us, like, we're working on directives of like a higher power that you don't even understand, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but the fact that like that directive is actually not the thing that that race wanted either. Like uh, it's, it's, Oh man, it's, it's critical info and it makes, it makes it, 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 it like I said, it demythologizes them to a, a level mm-hmm. of like, it's less we're fighting God now. And it's more where like, you know, uh, hard resetting a computer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, well, like, yeah, we're fi- we're fighting another creation of I'm using this word obviously very loosely, but mm. man, like we're fi- yes. we're fighting another creation of organics who are as you know have as much hubris and mm. fallibility as every other every other race you know race that we've yeah yeah it's th- this is a constant theme and for the the reapers to be involved in that theme of like one race. Uh, uh, trying to to uh, influence another race via via power and then you know also the the organic synthetic of it but i'm also thinking about the protheans and the asari the salarians and the krogan like these are Mm -hmm. recurring themes and for the reapers to be wrapped in this theme i think is so fucking cool and Mm -hmm. the the fact that it's like not even you know you had to pay 15.99 or whatever the fuck to (laughs) to get it is just it's wild yeah absolutely wild Anyway, um, uh, it's like the video game's still good. Okay. And, yeah. And, yeah. and the fact that I mean, the, the whole thing, the whole thing that makes this so wild is that this was so good. If yeah. this weren't good, you'd be like, oh, who fucking cares? Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's the, the, the three houses thing. And I guess 13 Sentinels thing of like, we wouldn't be talking about these little, like we wouldn't be talking about this stuff if we didn't like it so much, you right. know, like, yeah. Uh, anyway, but, uh, it's good and I'm upset, but it's still really good. And I'm glad that the legendary edition exists at this point in time Mm -hmm. with all the DLC included. Um, but the fact that that was not a consideration at the first go around makes me upset, but I'm now just talking in circles. So I will say (laughs) thank you for listening. Thank you to, uh, Scout Wilkinson for the art. Thank you to Amaranthan for the music. Um, thank you to Chase for hopping on with me talking about uh, Metal Gear Solid uh, Delta yeah. Snake Eater a couple weeks ago. Um, and I, I guess just like a blanket apology for our spotty schedule. Um, we are both busy people and we record mm-hmm. on Sundays, which is not always the most conducive to recording. But we both have other full time jobs that we do. Um, yeah. And, and it, live on different coasts. And yeah, that, yeah, that is also a thing. Yeah. <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, we appreciate you sticking with us uh, and we uh love hearing from you which you can make yourself heard in the discord by following the link to the worst garbage dot online at the bottom of the show notes uh you can also just follow us on twitter follow us on tumblr uh it's at async pod on twitter and asyncpod.tumblr.com. uh if you'd like to follow me online my links are in the show notes i am on twitter and mastodon uh and kim where can the people find you 
on the internet? Uh, find me at Okimis until September, at which point um, I will become completely <laughs> Starfield pilled. Uh, uh, I'm trying NASA to... NASA Punk only from here on out. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be Kim at NASA Punk. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. If you want to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, you can. If you want to tell a friend, that's even more helpful. Uh, but either way, we will be back sometime soon. We will be taking another <laughs> break uh, for at least another week. Um, but we'll be back when we're back. And we love you for sticking with us. Thank you. And Kim, what are our final words today? Despair is the enemy's greatest weapon. Do not let them wield it. Do not let them wield it. Uh, We'll see you soon, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. PWG, the worst garbage, the online.